friends, this is Margaret Copeman Frankowitz, and I'm coming to you again with another episode once again. Yes, I can't stop the episodes. They just keep rolling in. Every time I look on YouTube, I find another idea, or I need to actually re-explain an idea, and that actually came up. Now, I don't think I actually cast the podcast. I had decided not to, and deleted it, and decided to revise it, which I'm doing now. So... Um, in this episode, I'm actually talking about uh, Dr. Stein Eckberg once again. He's the guy. Just write his name down, pencil him in. Um, go on YouTube and just watch his videos. Subscribe, do what you got to do. Because this is the guy that's going to change your life from one cell at a time. He's, he's just got some great information. And, of course, uh, I've mentioned a few doctors actually who just do an amazing bang-up job on the body and and how it all works. And this this Dr. Stein Eckberg is certainly no exception to, to this. He's just definitely, I think... Now, I want to call him a pioneer of his time, but he actually gets his information from somebody else, and I didn't catch the name of who he actually suggested, but I will, and of course I will actually do a podcast about that person because, uh, of course, Dr. Stein Eckberg has to get his information from somebody. So, um, this was an episode that was actually posted last year by Dr. Stein Eckberg, and it's called The Secret in Burning Fat Explained. Now, this is an important, this is important, especially if you're looking to lose weight, and, or you're curious, where does fat go? How, how does the body use it? I know I certainly had that question. That's the reason why I watched this episode by Dr. Stein Eckberg. And I watched it twice. I might even watch it again because every time I watch it, I get more information out of it. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So, um, of course, I took notes because that's what I love to do. But, okay, in this episode that he had, uh, The Secret to Burning Fat Explained, if you type that in, if you want to watch that, uh, from a year ago, he was actually uh, watching a couple guys, and of course I don't remember what their names were, but they had this outrageous statement, and I've, I've heard, actually heard this before, so that's why, of course, my ears peaked up a little bit, because I was kind of curious what Dr. Stein Eckberg would actually say to this. But one of the comments they actually made was, well, one of the guys asked, where does fat go exactly in the body? And the other guy said, well, it's expelled through the lungs. Okay, brief pause here. Okay, you're talking about losing body fat through your lungs. Okay. Now, this is something that I've heard before, and I'm like going, well, you know, I inhale, exhale. I, I guess that's the case. I always thought I inhaled oxygen and expelled carbon dioxide, but let me listen more. And, of course, he was explaining that, you know, we exhale fat. Um, the guy had lost two pounds, and so he just automatically assumed he lost two pounds of fat through his lungs. Uh, just so you know, that is a false statement. That is not true, so I'm not going to even explain who that was. But um, I'm going to go into what Dr. Stein Eckberg's explanation was to this video. So how is, some of the questions I had is, how is fat eliminated? And uh, to what creates it? So, um... Let's go into what creates fat. Um, we automatically assume you eat fat is going to become fat in the body. You know, like this, before you know about keto, of course. So most people are, you know, and that was the craze of the 80s, especially 
was low fat this, low fat that. I know I was on plenty of low fat diets. My parents didn't want me to eat any fat um, or very little fat because, of course, the common denominator was fat creates fat. Okay. Um, now we know, especially with keto, that it's not necessarily fat that creates fat. It's actually carbs. It's bread products. Carbs. And a lot of people who aren't even doing keto know that if they want to actually lose weight, you want to probably want to go on a low-carb diet. Keto goes really extreme. You're talking uh, less than 20, 40 a day in carbs. If you're just diabetic and you're just trying to survive, your dietitian may tell you no more than 40 grams of carbs per meal. So that's a lot of carbs, by the way. 120, that's a lot. And so, of course, the normal population supersedes that for the most part. This diabetic, as a diabetic, you know, we can't have what the main population has. As a matter of fact, uh, I remember my dietician telling me I needed to eat the portion size of um, a kindergartner. So something I'd eat when I was five. And I was a little bit blown away by that. I still am. I'm still not doing that. So whatever. Um, so, so we know what creates it now. We know carbs create it. So in, in theory, in a very strong theory. Dr. Stein Eckberg claims if you want to lose weight, you've got to reduce the carbs, right? Um, he also believes in intermittent fasting, which is great as well. So he says, we do not breathe out fat, okay? We don't exhale fat. What we're actually exhaling is water. So, th like, for instance, if you lose two pounds overnight, like these two guys said... Uh, that were in the interview that he was actually observing, you're actually losing water weight. So uh, you also lose this through sweating. You also use it through elimination in the bathroom. So yeah, there's a good chance you can lose two pounds, but it's not fat you're losing. It's water weight. So um, that was interesting, of course. So that still leads the question... Where does your fat go? Why, why does it stick? Why are there people who can reduce their calories to near nothing uh, and fast and uh, exercise tremendously? And they may not lose weight or they may hit a plateau, for instance. Um, well, the plateau, of course, I've explained in a former video. The plateau, you need to change up your diet a little bit. Sometimes you need to go off the diet you're on. And switch it up because your body is smart your body will figure it out my body's smart I constantly have to switch it up all the time make my body believe that I'm not actually dieting so I can actually lose weight so but that's another story for another day um, so he was actually saying like for instance let's say you have a 2,000 calorie diet huge for a lot of us that's huge for me by the way that's huge so if you have a 2,000 calorie diet, diet and you go to sleep at night, and hopefully you're sleeping a full 7 to 8 hours, you're going to burn 500 calories of that just sleeping. That's great, right? you got to remember, though, you still packed on about 1,500. You know, you still have 1,500 calories in your, your bank account here. Um, you'll lose approximately 1 ounce of fat at night. So at least you're losing some fat. So the statement was kind of true, but mostly false on the two pounds. Because, yeah, I was under the assumption you'd lose two pounds at night. I'm like, heck, yeah. 
sign me up. I would love to lose two pounds a day. That's not healthy, by the way. Um, and, of course, your body adjusts itself over a period of time. Because, of course, like I said, your body's smart and your body's like a thermostat. It's going to adjust what you're, you're putting in it and what you're doing. So, um, he went into a little bit. Dr. Stein Eckberg talked a little bit about the lungs. And this was the most fascinating thing, okay? Because the lungs, he explained, is like a bag, but it's not really a bag. It has all this avalo, avali, avalovili, avili, avili, okay. Anyways, it's av, avali. Okay, so anyways, it has these little tube thingies, like little round things inside your lungs. Now, this is what is so cool. He said approximately 540 to 810 square feet. This is what what is made of your lung material, and it's constantly bringing in oxygen and expelling carbon dioxide, right? We all know like trees take in carbon dioxide and create oxygen. So they got the opposite system going on there. Um, you have, so basically 540 and 810 square feet basically looks like about half of a tennis court. So that's each individual person. I think that that is just, I mean, the body is so amazing. This is just one of the, the other amazing qualities about the body. So, um, you're breathing out water, you're sweating out water, you're eliminating water when you use the restroom. That's how you're actually losing the weight, but it's it's actually kind of gimmicky if you think about it. I mean, you're not truly losing fat when you sleep. I mean, an ounce, that's not going to amount to anything. I mean, you're not going to see that difference on your scale when you step on it in the morning. You're not going to be like, oh, look, I lost an ounce of fat. And it's actually kind of depressing when you think about it. So a lot of times, you know, we do it in pounds and we get all excited when we lose two pounds overnight, but then wonder how we gained three pounds the next day. So, you know, it, it's interesting. But one of the themes that I like about Dr. Stein Eckberg is how gentle he actually is towards people who have a hard time losing weight. And this is one of the things I really like about this doctor. And he's actually slammed doctors who actually, because, you know, there's still doctors out there that basically say, and there's a lot of people, by the way, that'll say this, but they'll say, oh, it's just a matter of self-control. You should know what you're putting in your body and you should be exercising more. This is a cop-out excuse. This is not because the person trying to lose weight is lazy. It's because the person who you've actually opened up to about this is being lazy with their thinking. They just don't know any better. And they probably don't have the same issue. So whatever. Um, but this has a lot to do with your hormones. And I've talked about hormones a little bit in previous episodes. So your hormones are actually determining if you lose weight or not. And no diet's perfect, not even the keto diet. There are people that complain that the keto they can't lose weight on the keto diet. Even though a good majority of people do lose weight. There's people that hit plateaus, they try different things, may lose a couple pounds more, but then their body just is stubborn and won't lose any more weight. And you know what? I think he hit hit the nail on the head when he started talking about this because he's exactly right with what he says. Now hear me out here. So your hormones, they actually control your behavior, perception, 
and your metabolism. Okay, so if they're controlling those things, technically speaking, when we're focusing on what we put into our body and how much we exercise, we're missing the whole point. Our microbiome, our microbiome has a huge, huge factor. Um, you know, like what's in our gut has a huge factor on how big we're going to be, how small we're going to be, etc. Because it has this mindset of survival. And this is basically what he explained. They could actually take, and they've actually tested this, and I, I know this for a fact because I've worked in a lab with, with lab rats, and so I know they do this. Um, but they actually take the microbiomes out of, like, for instance, a skinny rat and put it into a fat rat, and they'll actually see the fat rat actually lose weight. They've also done it vice versa, where they've taken a fat rat and taken the microbiome and put it into a skinny rat and made the skinny rat fat. This is a fact. They have been testing this for years. And, uh, of course, when I worked at the lab, we had certain rats that we actually had on formula. We had about 180 rats towards the end of the project, for me anyways. It's the end of the project for me. Of course, this was a 30-year experiment, 30-plus years experiment um, at the college that I was actually going to. And I think we started off with, like, 90 rats and... By the end of the year, we had 180. This is absolutely insane. And they were on different special diets. So the part that I actually helped with was uh, feeding these, these awesome lab creatures different diets. And, of course, they, they um, compared the longevity of these rats and how they, they reacted, etc., now, of course, when I did that, um, uh, of course, I was just a lab technician for these creatures. Um, I did not grasp the whole scope of the project. You know, I had, you know, new little bits here and there. But, you know, we had, like, this confidentiality form that we had to sign stuff. And this was 20 years ago, so I can talk about it now because they no longer have the lab. But back then they did. And um, so this is the ongoing study they had. And, of course, everything was done properly so PETA can't get mad at me for this one they were just fed different formulas and of course they would actually you know test their weight and stuff now of course I didn't understand the whole scope of the project back then my job was just to care for the rats and uh, you know clean up their cages etc and make sure they had the proper food that they needed but other than that, I mean, I didn't really dive into it or anything. I mean, it was just one of those jobs that I did that the school just happened to have, and I needed a job, and so I was willing to do it. So it was a fun job. So, um, But at the same time, it also gives me a better perspective of what they're actually talking about when they talk about um, uh, losing weight and certain diets, etc. So um, it's, it's pretty obvious that um, there's a little bit more to dieting than just what you eat or how much you exercise. You can be an exercise fiend and um, what, you're not going to expel all your fat through you know, perspiration or through your breath, as um, Dr. Stein Eckberg noted. So that begs the question, where does fat go? So um, the first time I actually listened to the episode, I listened to it, but I didn't listen, if you know what I mean. Listen, listen to it. So it's like one of those things where you listen to it right before bed, and then you go to sleep, and then you wake up, and you're like, well, I just watched an episode, and I didn't even actually learn where fat actually goes. Well, 
Um, studying candles, um, way back when, I, I gotta tell you this story, and you may not know this, so if you don't know this, then this is something new for you. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna use an example here because it's a perfect example of fat. So, I'm sure everybody's heard of Crisco oil. People used it for, like, fried chicken, you know, and other fried items, etc., did you know Crisco wasn't actually originally intended to be a cooking fat? Yes, you heard me correctly. It was not intended to actually be used for cooking. It's just that you can use it for cooking, and it is actually edible. Not that anybody would want to sit there and eat a, like a big scoop of Crisco. Not me, anyways. Um, Crisco fat was actually intended for candles. Yes, you can put a wick in uh, some Crisco fat. And it'll burn. And it's a long burning candle. If you guys want to make candles. That's another thing that I actually saw on YouTube. Is you can actually take Crisco fat. Melt it down. Pour it into a container with a wick. And it will burn literally for hours. Like I'm serious. YouTube it if you're interested. It's just absolutely fascinating. I, I think they said it was like 200 hours or something crazy. So. Hallelujah. You don't need to go out and buy candles. So you just have to go out and buy the wicks, right? They, um, the candles that I actually saw them actually making for the wicks, because I don't know exactly where somebody would pick up wicks, but they were actually using candles and sticking it in the jars of Crisco and actually burning that, and that's when it would last a long time. So if you want a little shortcut there, I was thinking about actually using birthday candles or something and, you know, sticking it in there and watching it do its thing. So anyways, another story for another day. A different project. But, okay, so that, so basically, your body is like a furnace, and your body is burning this fat. And, um, of course, exercise can actually increase that, but, my goodness, uh, and, of course, a lot of people do lose a lot of weight doing that, but what you're actually exhaling is water. So, um, and you're burning fat. So the whole calorie thing, this is where it gets really crazy with the calories and stuff, is Dr. Steineckberg is not big on counting calories. And one of the reasons being is because he says that you lose the quality when you're sitting there and you're counting calories. Well, how true is that? That is very true. You're not paying attention to the quality food that you're actually eating, putting into your body when you're counting calories because you're so busy trying to eliminate the fat and trying to eliminate the calories, you know, reduce it to like 1,500 calories a day, that you're not paying attention to your meals. And you should, because your your foods actually are what are going to be what makes you or break, breaks you. And it's another reason why when people start counting calories, the reason why their diets fail, like 90 7% of the people out there who start counting calories fail at this is because it doesn't work. So keto does work, and a lot of people wonder about the long-term effects. It does work. Um, somebody like me, I needed a break from keto for a little while, and after a while, it's like I wasn't even insulin-resistant anymore. I mean, my cells kind of went back to normal. I could actually eat a regular meal, not that I'd want to, because knowing now that my body doesn't necessarily need that, I don't necessarily want to eat a regular meal anymore, but um, I try to stick to keto as much as possible, because 
of course, that does work for me. It it makes me full. I feel satisfied. And I'm very, very happy with keto. Um, I think people who actually do try keto, you know, you discover things like I had keto ice cream this morning. I mean, that's all I had. <laughs> and um, it was it was delicious. I was actually going to talk about it, but I can't even remember the name brand. It was something I found at Sprouts. It said keto on it. I looked at the back and it was satisfactory. So I went ahead and ate it. And, uh, of course, they use a sugar alcohol in it, which is why it was keto-friendly. And I thought I was going to have problems later, and I did not with the sugar alcohol. So I'm proud to say that my body has taken it well. Now, I have eaten uh, sugar alcohols in the past that have not been okay. But for some reason now, my body just absolutely enjoys it. I think my body has, has um, been emitted of, of so many sweets over the past couple of years that it actually enjoys and embraces that now. So, um, and I don't have issues. So your hormones, now this is, I'm going to get into the last half of this, uh, talking about hormones. Your hormones actually decide if you're going to be fat or if you're going to be skinny. So your body's used to a certain way of surviving. If you've been overweight for a very long time, like let's say from since childhood, it's going to be very difficult to be something other than what your body is used to you being. And, um, and of course this goes back to the rats too, you know, where you had some fat rats and then you had some skinny rats and what's the difference, etc. Um, back when I was going to school, and of course I can let this out now, even though I'm not exactly sure where they were going with it, if they were going towards the keto route or if they were going just through low calorie uh, restriction, not sure. You know, I was given a certain amount of food that I could feed each rat. But if you if you actually look at where the, where theirs was going, and they were hoping that this, this 30 year progression or so, 30 plus years progression of these rats would actually lead to um, you know, just the, the whole, all over, um, people being able to control what was actually going on. And of course, Dr. Gundry, he's big on gut microbes, etc. And I think that's where it's actually leading to, because it's also something that Dr. Stein Eckberg actually says is very important. Your microbiome that's in your gut is actually decided it's the mitochondria that you actually get when you're born. So if your mother has a tendency to have weight on her, then you're going to have a tendency to have weight on you. And, um, of course, my mom was very thin, actually, when she had me. So technically speaking, I should be that way. I was not. So I think there's a little bit more to it than that. But one of the things that Dr. Stein Eckberg did say was like with the same thing with the rats is when you have a big rat and you put skinny rat microbiome in their intestines it actually changes the the, the gut flora and uh, vice versa now there's a lot going on in your your microbiome by the way in your gut you have uh 40 trillion cells in your body and 40 then you have an additional 40 trillion bacteria in your gut that's that's like huge that's like 
more than the world population, okay? So these hormones that they actually, they can change hormones, right? And it actually affects your behavior, uh, your perception, and your metabolism. Um, and of course, they have actually done microbiome transplants on humans. And yes, they've lost weight uh, with... Uh, actually transferring a microbiome from a skinny person to a fat person. It has actually transformed them. So yes, it does work. I don't know anybody who want to be fat, so they're probably not going to put the microbiome of a fat person to a skinny person. But they have done the reverse, and yes, it has changed it. That brings up a whole more, a whole, like, not a whole more, it's not even a word, it's not even proper grammar, but that brings up a whole nother topic, a whole other ball of worms that I mean that's that's totally going down the Alice in Wonderland's little hole in the ground here because um, that's huge this is the stuff we don't talk about but they're talking about it in science right now um, we don't necessarily go into our doctor and our doctor says I don't have it yet I have yet to actually have my doctor say you know what I think that we should put some skinny person microbiome in your, your gut bacteria. I don't know if this is something I actually have to ask for. And I don't even know if I necessarily want somebody else's fecal matter in my system just to make me thin to control my hormones. But this is definitely uh, going on onto the, this is bordering on crazy science. Okay. So we're not necessarily walking around going, um, okay, I think I want to get a skinny person's microbiome transferred into mine so I can like lose weight quickly because my hormones are out of whack and they're not where I want to be. I think this goes back to what is appropriate. Um, are we trying so hard to be somebody different? Now, mind you, we, we just want to be healthy. I, I would hope that, that we're, we're past the vanity of this and we're just trying to hopefully be healthy humans and of course doctors have these, these distorted profiles on what's normal and what's healthy etc so what's healthy for one person may not necessarily be healthy for another and I'm going to bring up Oprah and I have I have in a past episode but I, I've watched Oprah and her weight like when she became famous the first time was the color purple uh, was when she became a big name. And she was a large woman. She was an attractive woman. I mean, I wouldn't say she was ugly or anything. I, I don't know. It's all in the perception. She's never been an ugly woman or anything. But she had this burning desire to lose weight, as most stars do who are heavy set and they finally make it big and stuff like that. They always have to lose weight for some reason. And uh, so she had, like, this ideal. She just wanted to lose weight. And there's nothing wrong with that. That was... Her decision, her choice, you know, she's concerned about her health and stuff. So that's what she did. She set about losing weight. And she did so remarkably. I'm not quite sure what diet she was on, but she lost a great deal of weight. But one of the things that I noticed is her eyes just started, I don't know if they were always bulgy, but they were kind of bulgy. And she had gotten so skinny that she just, without the makeup, she just, she looked a little bit sickly when she was at her ideal weight that she wanted to be at. I mean, she looked happy and stuff, but she didn't look necessarily healthy. 
And, um, and of course she kind of yo-yo dieted for a while and then her body would go back to the way it was, you know, and then she'd morph back to where she was at again. And so this was kind of like an on-heel battle. And of course, if you followed Oprah Winfrey, you can tell that over the years and, and bless her heart, she's always meant well. So, um, I don't think she ever meant to actually, um, insult fat people or anything, but one thing that I did notice watching her programs, I would just sit there and I would just stew because... When she lost all that weight, she was just talking about how horrible it was to have that weight on her and um, how much better she felt and how much better she was when she lost the weight. And I'm here thinking, okay, well, losing the weight is good and stuff. You know, that's a good thing. But, you know, knocking somebody else, um, she wasn't like saying like, oh, that person's fat and blah, 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 blah and stuff. But she almost made it sound like the reason for her success was because she could lose the weight. And um, that's not necessarily true. The woman, regardless of whatever size that she is, is just talented. So regardless if she's 300 pounds and now down to 120 pounds, which I, I have no idea what her weights were. But the thing was is she's just always been enormously talented regardless of what she weighed she wasn't a better person because she lost the weight she did that for her or at least i would hope so uh because just because you look and feel great doesn't necessarily mean you are because if your weight's yo-yoing like that up and down up and down up and down um that's certainly a, a fat roller coaster a lot of us have been on by the way but it's also, I mean, it doesn't make you a better person just because you've lost all that weight. Hopefully it just makes you a healthier person, I would assume. So I always, like, really got, like, you know, insulted whenever she she lost all that weight started talking. Because as soon as she gained the weight back, then she came back to reality. This is just my observation. This is what I noticed. And I kind of liked her better when she was actually having said. I wonder if she liked herself better as well. Um, of course, and then she kind of like fell from the limelight and she always, she's always starting this like new channels, Oprah and stuff. I haven't seen it. She also has the Oprah newspaper or, or magazine and such. Um, and of course I don't follow that either, but, um, it was just kind of interesting to watch her. Now there's another superstar as a matter of fact, and, and I love this woman because this woman, she's, she's, she's got it. She nailed it on the head. And that is Adele. Adele lost a tremendous amount of weight. And um, I thought she was just absolutely stunning when I first saw her. And uh, then she lost a lot of weight. And, of course, she's still stunning. But I'm going to tell you what's the most stunning thing about Adele. What's most stunning about Adele is what she said that really got me thinking even what I was thinking at the time. Because I was just blown away she had lost a lot of weight. And I guess she was having problems with her vocal cords or something. And, uh, of course, she, her major talent was her voice, of course. Her, she's got an amazing voice. And so everybody was doting on her because she lost all this weight and everything. She's like, thank you, but, you know, something has changed. And it was her voice. Her voice changed. She no longer had that beautiful voice anymore. And uh, I guess there was something that actually happened... And, of course, I don't have the, the full story on that. But it really started making me think. I'm like, well, she got it. She's like, she's like, you haven't asked me how my voice is. You haven't asked me if it changed my voice. And, of course, it did. 
but everybody was just doting on her just because she had dropped all that weight, which of course is a major feat within itself. Yes, that's great. But knowing it's just hormones. Um, okay, so she got her hormones under control. She lost a bunch of weight. What happened to her voice? So where's her next major record? Okay, so um, that's what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is if you're going to lose weight, do it for your health. And your talent is not going to make you any better, just like money doesn't necessarily make a person intelligent. You know, people get this stuff confused. People think that uh, because somebody has a trillion dollars in the bank, they must be super, super intelligent. Um, intelligence has a little bit to do with it, but luck has a lot to do with it. And uh, especially when you inherit money, I mean, you know, just because you inherit money does not make you super intelligent. And I, I, I hear this from guys a lot of times where they think they're super smart because they have money. And I'm like, or they have a great powerful position or whatever. And I'm like, oh, no, it's just like, like, uh, or you find out somebody is a big wig lawyer or a doctor or something. And so they must be super smart. No, it just means that they have the means to. Uh, whether they used family money or they got like took out a million dollars in student loans. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with luck. It depends on what family you're born into. It depends on how much they have. Um, intelligence has a lot to do with, uh, I mean, there's different types of intelligence. You can be super smart and never use that too. And just be, for instance, you know, working in a factory your whole entire life because, you know, you're supporting your family. Um, it just depends on a lot of luck. And so a lot of people don't like hearing that. That has a lot to do with luck, but it really is. I mean, somebody applies for a position, but like, let's say they're not necessarily the sharpest tool in the shed, but they get that position. They had a lot to do with luck, not necessarily how super smart you are. That super smart person would actually have to apply at the same time the person with the dumb luck had. And then they might actually win that. So, um... You know, of course, we're, we're kind of like thrown random, this wheel of fortune thing, where we can keep trying at something, of course. Like if you want to be a lawyer and you've decided at five you're going to be a, a successful lawyer, uh, but like let's say your family didn't have the means or whatever, so you've worked like three or four different jobs at the same time just so you could like put yourself through lawyer school or you married somebody who could actually help you. That's way different. So, um, I would have to say, you know, and it was a question that I actually had a long time ago on a job application and, um, they asked me a series of random ridiculous questions and one of them was, do you think success has a lot to do with luck or hard work? And of course I had to check luck because if it was hard work, I would be a neurosurgeon today. So, um, and that of course that is not the case. So of course we can't choose our parents and let's say, you know, this is getting back to the weight and stuff like that and diabetes as well. We can't necessarily say, nope, we don't want a parent who's ever had diabetes. We can't say, nope, we don't want fat parents. We can't say, nope, we don't want skinny parents. I don't know who would say that, but you know, there's gotta be something. Nope. I'm sorry. We don't want poor parents. 
or normal parents. We want rich parents. We can't pick and choose our parents any more than they can pick us, you know, for the perfect kid that they've always adored and wanted. So, um, so a lot of it is just random, dumb luck. So, um, being in the right place at the right time, it's just dumb luck. But you can use the tools that you have, for instance, and you can make a decision. So let's say you've been heavy set all your life and you want to now lose that weight. Now, if you know that it's the hormones and they've, they've done tests on rats, now you can make that decision. Well, maybe I'll go and talk to my doctor about um, possibly changing my microbiome so that I can actually be a skinny person as well. So I, I'm better able to manage my weight. Instead of going in there and going through, like, for instance, the, um, the uh, what do they call that stomach reduction surgery? Uh, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The, the stomach reduction surgery or uh, going on these other gimmicky diets that don't work. Um, when you know certain things, for instance, you know it's hormones that actually control... If you're going to be big or not, if you're going to have diabetes, etc., maybe it would be a good idea to change your microbiome so that you can also enjoy a fit life if that's what you want to do because you're doing it for your health. That is a wise decision. If you're just doing it to be vain, well, more power to you. Um, but you know, be happy, healthy, and aware is probably better than being vain and doing it for, you know, vanity type reasons, because, um, of course, not everybody's going to like you anyways. So, um, that's why you always want to do that for yourself. And I don't know about you, but I would have a hard time going into my doctor and saying, you know, my gut floor is bad. Um, it, it made me the way that I am. I was just wondering if I could borrow some skinny person's poop and actually have it injected in me so that I can be skinny too. I don't know exactly how I would even say that. I, I probably would just call it microflora and uh, try to use scientific terms so I don't sound too strange. That's a good tip, by the way. So, of course, talk to your doctor about hormones. Now, another thing that I had discussed in one of those issues, um, women who uh, suffer may suffer from PCOS, that's polycystic ovarian syndrome. I actually suffer from that. Uh, me and my doctor talked, and she kind of agreed with me that I don't even need to go and do the testing. I already have all the symptoms. So um, with 100% of the symptoms, they don't necessarily need to go in there and test it. And so, of course, they give you a pill to actually regulate that. So if there are pills which actually regulate that, which there are, um, that might actually be an option as well. One of the things I found that when I was on this little pill, now this little pill didn't do much for uh, me losing weight, but the metformin did. So when I'm on the metformin and my blood sugar is actually regulated, then I actually start to lose weight when I'm, when I'm paying attention to what I'm eating in my diet, etc., so um, that one takes some work too. And of course, I'm still exercising. Exercising, of course, is a great way to actually burn those extra calories. So when they actually say burn, they actually mean you're burning fat. And um, when you're burning fat, you, of course, lose weight. But you do not exhale fat. 
you're not necessarily peeing it out either. Your body is constantly fighting for survival. And so, of course, I want to say always or constantly. That's kind of a little bit choicy words. But your body's survival, the microbiome that you actually get from your mother, is what it's pre-programmed to, to expect as normal. And so your body's going to be constantly fighting to stay in that normal range. And so when we go ahead and introduce a diet, which may work for somebody else, but it does not work for you, this, this might be why. Because your body's already figured out that diet. Went, aha, you're not doing things right. So we're going to go ahead and trick it up a little bit to where we can still hold on to that weight. Because this is the natural way of things. Our body doesn't want to lose that weight. And so it makes me wonder a little bit about about how important it really is to lose weight. You know, some people want to be super skinny. And of course, we all know that that's not, that's probably not the way to go. If you're, if you're eating, sitting there eating tissue paper, like some models do to not taking calories and stuff, um, there's a problem with that. So your body's constantly fighting that and you're constantly starving yourself. And for what? What's the point? There's actually a song about that, as a matter of fact. So, but I think your body does enjoy being healthy. And so actually possibly even changing your hormones, um, since your hormones are off balance, might be probably the best way of actually losing weight. And so, of course, this is where you do need to work with your doctor to actually get this under control. Now, Dr. Stein Eckberg... It has some great diet tips. He's got some excellent keto things going on that you can actually watch. I, I'm being very basic with this. Dr. Gundry's another one with the plant paradox. He has an interesting theory about how plants can actually poison you and uh, lectins being a bad thing. Um, so there are some, some uh, people with some great ideas out there. But one thing that they are doing is it's one of the positive things is it's getting your... Uh, gut flora in check. Dr. Gundry and both Dr. Eckberg do look at the, the microbiome of the um, what's going on in your gut. So um, now neither one of them are actually uh, promoting a fecal transplant and I don't think I would either but sometimes when people are seriously looking at gastrointestinal surgery or you know, shrinking their stomach or having uh, the lap band put in stuff. Uh, some of these extreme measures when it might just be gut flora in your gut, um, then it might be uh, the most viable way to actually lose the weight. And I, I've known people to actually get the lap band done and it didn't work for them long term. So they were able to keep off the weight for several years, but then the weight came back. And I know three people who have done it and I know three people who their obesity came back and they, they had severe obesity issues. So um, I'm definitely not ever doing the lap band. I, I seriously think that uh, we're just working with my doctor and getting like for instance the hormones actually under control would be best. 
but there's some people they don't have that much time their doctors have told them if you don't lose this weight in like six months to a year you're going to die then of course then the the lap band procedure is a, literally a matter of life and death it's something that has to happen so i don't even need to add the clause make sure you check with your doctor before starting any diet because if you definitely are thinking about the your microbiome and your gut flora and bacteria and thinking about getting a fecal transplant you're going to have to see your doctor anyways so uh with that being said <laughs> poop there i said it i wasn't going to say it but i said it poop transplant okay so um thank you very much for listening to this show i hope that it has been helpful if you have extra extra time please watch dr stein eckberg or go ahead and feel free to actually listen to some of my other podcasts or hopefully as entertaining as poop oh <laughs> uh, okay laugh at my own jokes okay i think i'm funny anyways but um yeah, so Dr. Stein Eckberg, listen to that or listen to some of my podcasts. I'm, feel free to share. Um, I have no problem with anybody actually sharing my episodes. And I actually uh, encourage it because, I, you know, the more listeners I have, the more thrilled I get anyways. So um, it's, it's also good to hear from you. If you are, are, are actually writing in, you can send me a letter to uh, m mfrankart0001 at gmail.com or you can go to to margaretrico2015 at gmail.com and get a message to me that way that's probably the best way right now especially with facebook acting up and twitter acting up and uh uh you can get a message to me and say i'm full of caca there i said poop again uh <laughs> But please write in. Please please share what you know about this, if you know anything else. Or you know what? If you just don't want to hear me talk about something, go ahead. Tell me off. I'm perfectly fine with that. And I'll go ahead and read that letter on the air. I haven't had any issues with that. So. <laughs> but you never know. There's always one out there. Um, okay, so with that episode, I'm gonna. this is Margaret Copeland Frankowitz. I'm going to go ahead and sign out. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I really enjoy my listening audience. You guys are amazing. As always, just be kind to one another. Uh, go out there, feed the homeless. Take care of those people. We're all in this world together. That's where we should be in this together. And just think about somebody else tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. It'll make you a happier person. And, of course, everybody deserves to be happy, including you. So thank you for listening again and have a great night.